Aloha, you're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. Come join me, Locked On NBA Draft host Rafael Barlow and Locked On NBA host John Corrales will be live this year covering the NBA Draft. It's Locked On NBA Draft 2021 brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. Follow Locked On NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage of the 2021 NBA Draft, July 29th, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern. I'm super stoked to be in the uh, TV studio in Dallas uh, to cover the 2021 NBA Draft. And I'm actually really stoked to be back with my good friend on our podcast today. It's Tony Jones of The Athletic. Welcome back, Tony. Thanks for having me, Uh, as always. um, This is, you know, this is definitely one of my... uh, my favorite pastimes to get on and 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 get on the podcast with you, uh, and this is obviously one of our favorite times of year. So you know, uh, it's, it's it's fun to be here. Tony and I have been talking all year about the draft, and it's cool to have a guest that we've just been able to sort of evolve together. You know, figuring this draft out and watching guys. You know, we've we've run through phases. Uh, we've run through the Jalen Johnson is Grant Hill phase together. Uh, we've uh, run through uh, my phase of thinking Alperin and Sengun can't play to now thinking he might be a top ten pick. Uh, it's been it's been pretty wild, and we're going to try to culminate some of that thinking today in this podcast by by doing something that is my personally favorite way of thinking about how we rank prospects. I I do big boards, which is sort of like a one through 80 ranking based off of talking to NBA teams and execs. I do mock drafts where we're trying to figure out which team might draft, which player where, and we've had several of those and another one coming on Monday. Uh, But every year I like to do one of what I call draft tiers. And that draft tiers column is dropping over on NBABigBoard.com right now. You can read my whole column with all my thinking about this uh, and the draft tiers column over at NBABigBoard.com. But Tony and I are going to also do a podcast about this today. And, And for those of you that don't know what draft tiers are, this is a way that many more teams are actually ranking prospects on draft night. Essentially, they rank prospects into tiers. And then within those tiers, they rank the prospects according uh, to need. So there's a tier one, a tier two through tier six. And within each of those tiers, you're ranked for needs. So let's let's break down what the tiers are. And then we're going to get into it this year. Tier one are players that have NBA potential superstardom. Uh, in their future. Players with the potential to be franchise-type prospects and make multiple all-NBA teams in their career. Tier 2 players are potential NBA all-stars, players with the potential to be the best player on their team and make at least one all-star team in their career. Tier 3 players project as high-level NBA starters, players with the potential to spend most of their career as a starter on a playoff-caliber team. Tier 4 players are potential NBA starters and rotation players. They may start at some point in their careers, but the most likely role for them is as an impact player coming off the bench. Tier 5 players are deep rotation players. They are players 8 through 10 in an NBA depth chart. Tier 6 players are bench players. They are the 11th, 12th men on an NBA roster who may spend significant time in the G League. Tony and I did this this podcast last year, Tony, do you remember how many tier one guys we had in last year's draft? Um, if I, if I remember only uh, LaMelo, correct? You had LaMelo 
Uh, and big props to Tony Jones for having LaMelo. I didn't have any tier one prospects. Uh, you know, it, it was really interesting last year in the 2020 draft. LaMelo was a a wild, wildly uh, controversial prospect as the top pick in the draft that you had some teams that had him as tier one. I think that I had some teams that had him as tier four, which is crazy uh, at the top of the draft. There were a couple of teams that did not like him in the lottery or even in the mid first round. And, and so because of that, he ended up actually falling into tier two. And that was only the second year since I've been doing this, and I've been doing this for more than a decade, um, that we had zero tier one players. I think this year we're going to have some tier one prospects. Is that right, Tony? We're definitely going to have some tier one prospects this year. Like even more than, even more than, and definitely more than one, even more than two. All right. Tony, Tony's uh, given a, a little bit of a preview here. So let's start. It's tier one. Everybody's talking about this draft being great. And one of the ways that you judge a draft is, you know, how many tier one and tier two prospects do you have in a draft? Last year, we only had three. And and frankly, I think LaMelo probably outperformed tier two into tier one with Anthony Edwards going uh, to the Minnesota Timberwolves, probably reaching that tier two. James Wiseman not quite living up to even tier two in year one. So let's get it started. I think it's not going to be a surprise for one guy for you who you've been on all year, but who are your tier one? That, remember, these are potential superstars in the 2021 NBA draft. Tony, who do you have as tier one prospects right now? I've got Kay Cunningham, um, uh, who projects as the number one overall pick. Uh, six foot eight point guard uh, out of Oklahoma State. Um I've I've got him in my tier one. I've got Jalen Green uh, in my tier one, who I think should be the number two pick to the Houston Rockets. Uh, I've got Evan Mobley in my tier one, uh, and um, I'm I'm struggling with Jalen Suggs because he's like right on that, right on the verge for me of tier one and tier two. He he really reminds me a lot of of a li- well not a lot but a little bit of young Jason Kidd um, who turned out to be a tier one guy. Um, but what the heck, we're gonna put Jalen Suggs in tier one as well. So I've got those four in my tier one so far. All right, Tony Jones breaking a draft tiers record by putting a record four <laughs> prospects. In tier one, the closest that that I ever got to that was in the 2014 draft where Andrew Wiggins, uh, Joel Embiid and Jabari Parker all cracked tier one. Obviously, only one of those prospects, Joel Embiid, actually lived up to the tier one banking. But there was a ton of hype in that 2014 draft. And according to Tony, this this draft even better and 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 his thinking is right along. I, you know, I pulled a bunch of NBA teams, scouts, uh, talent evaluators uh, when I put together my list, uh, and I'll try to talk about both my feelings about it as well as what I was hearing around the league when I got to it. But let, let's start with Kate Cunningham, who was unanimous uh, when I talked to every team in the league, everybody that I spoke with had Cade Cunningham as a tier one prospect. And and look, it's hard to crack tier one. I, I went back and looked 
uh, at my draft tiers column since 2009. Uh, uh, and and here were the here were the guys that cracked tier one: Blake Griffin, John Wall, Anthony Davis, Wiggins, Joel Embiid, Jabari Parker, Carl Anthony Towns, Ben Simmons, Markel Fultz, Lonzo Ball. I didn't do it in 2018 or 19, and as we said in 2020, we didn't have one. That's really good company. A couple of those guys, like I said, Wiggins, uh, Jabari Parker, Markel Fultz, Lonzo Ball didn't necessarily live up um, to the hype, but it's really good company. Is Cade Cunningham number one unanimously because of the ceiling or because he just has this incredibly high floor that it's hard to project him failing, Tony? What, in your opinion, what is it? I just think he's he's pretty close to a can't-miss prospect, um, similar to um, similar to Luka Doncic. Um, you, know, he's, you know, he's got such great size for his position. Uh, he to me projects as as a great pick and roll player. The in the pick and roll acumen is the reason why I project the Lamelo Ball as 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 a tier one prospect um, because this is a pick and roll league and and you know Kay Cunningham is going to you know instantly be able to to come in and run pick and roll um, at a high level. Um, he scores at three levels. You know the lack of the lack of athleticism um, is is going to be um, offset by uh, the tremendous size for the position. Um, you know he's a scorer, he's a passer. Um, I think that he's going to step into a team where you know he's got you know Jeremy Grant and Sadiq Bay um, on the wings to to be able to help him defensively. Um, you know, I think he steps into a, a pretty good uh, situation in terms of um, being able to uh, um, being able to to have the ball and 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 make an impact right away. So, you know, I I expect him to come in uh, and, and and be an impact player uh, pretty instantly. That seems to be the thinking around the league as well. Uh, I've run some podcasts lately where I've I've raised the question marks about Cade and. And I think some of my listeners and readers have gotten the impression that I don't have Cade Cunningham number one. I personally do have Cade Cunningham number one. I personally do think uh, that if the Pistons keep this pick, uh, that is who they should take, even though I will be the first to admit that I, I think he's maybe a better fit in Houston and maybe Jalen Green's a little bit better fit in Detroit. I still think you take Cade Cunningham one. But part of raising those questions is part of the due diligence process. And it's also to try to tamp down the hype a little bit. As good as Cade Cunningham is and all of those things that you said, I don't think he's LeBron James. I don't think he's Anthony Davis. I think that that lack of elite athleticism lowers his ceiling a little bit. I think there are legitimate questions about whether he's a primary ball handler or secondary ball handler in the league. Tony just listed him as a point guard, but I think it's there. But none of that to me dissuades me from that he has the most the 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 best overall shot of being great of any of the prospects in this draft. So I, I want to go on record. Cade Cunningham is going to end up number one on my big board, both in talking to NBA teams and in my personal one. I personally don't think the gap is as big as as some other people do, and I personally don't necessarily see Cade Cunningham 
winning, you know, multiple MVPs uh, the way that LeBron James did. But I think he can be really good. Uh, do you do you, is your ceiling higher for him than that, Tony, or or does that sound about right? Well, I agree with you that you know he, he's not LeBron James and or not necessarily even Anthony Davis, um, you know. But I I, I also think that you know and and the lack of elite la- athleticism is a is 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 a fair um topic um but i also think you know if you're playing him at at the point guard and you're putting him uh and you're putting the ball in his hands um he's just instantly going to be really productive and you know it's 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 hard to imagine him not uh being productive on at least an all-star level just because of his size and because of the way he handles the ball and because, you know, he knows angles and he knows spots, um, you know, and, and, you know, once he gets better and he's able to, to, to keep getting the spots, it's the same thing that Luca does. I, I don't think that Luca, uh, that, that Kay Cunningham is as good as Luca Doncic. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you know, it's the same, it's kind of the same style of play, the same same type of player, and you know when you're you're that big and you're able to play both guard spots, um, the athleticism doesn't tend to to impact you as much offensively as it does defensively, uh, and I think that the rosters ha- the 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 Pistons have a good roster um, defensively that that's good that that's going to help him out um, once he gets there. All right, so we're in agreement, Cade's one. Uh, in talking to NBA teams, Evan Mobley almost got a unanimous uh, tier one votes as well. There was a couple of votes for him in tier two. It was more split on Jalen Green, though Jalen Green did crack my tier one uh, as well. Did he, uh, the, the question mark was Jalen Suggs, and Jalen Suggs did not crack my tier one, though it was very, very close, and Tony was talking about it being close as well. So let's let's talk about uh, your order. Do you have Jalen Green too? Do you have Evan Mobley too? How do you see those two playing out uh, in the draft? I have, I mean, those guys are so interchangeable to me at 2-3 that it, that it kind of almost doesn't matter. Um, um, I would probably say this. I probably have Evan Mobley as the second best prospect by a nose. Um, but I have Jalen Green as the number two pick, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, because I, again, and th- this is what would happen in a tier, right? Let's, so let's say that the Rockets have Evan Mobley and Jalen Green and Cade Cunningham all in their tier one, then they would look at their roster and say, which of these players do we think is going to be the best fit with our roster? But if if they were to have Jalen Green in a tier two and Evan Mobley in a tier one, then they would select Mobley regardless of the fit uh, because they just are projecting him out to be overall a better basketball player in the league. And so that that's how these sort of tiers work. And, and, and so, yeah, you can have, okay, yeah, maybe Mobley's number two on my board, but in this particular case, because green is in that same tier, uh, I'm going to go ahead and take him to the Rockets. Cause I think it's a better, um, a better fit. So let's go to our tier two. You had four guys in tier one, anybody in tier two for you, Tony? 
Um, I like Jonathan Kaminga in tier two. Um, I like James Bonight um, in tier two. Um, I, I struggle with um, I struggle with Scotty Barnes. I, I probably have him in tier three because I'm just not sure um, about him offensively. Um, uh, but um, my surprise, my surprise pick for peer, tier two, I, I actually have Josh Giddy in tier two. Um, so I have those three guys in tier in tier two. All right, uh, some surprises there. Let's start. Let's start with Suggs. Now you had him in tier one. I said he was in tier two, and it was extremely close. I think it was close for both of us. What does Suggs have to do? Because I, I think I think he's safe as a tier two. He's a potential all star to become a superstar. What is it that Suggs might lack, or what does he need to do to make that leap from all star to superstar? Well, for me, the he's so he's going to come in right, and he's instantly going to be a playmaker. He's instantly going to be a defender. He's instantly going to be a guy who knows how to run a team. Like he knows how to run a team, uh, and 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 he's 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 a guy that's going to make a franchise better for a long time. Um, the question for me is is how well he scores the ball at the NBA level and how well he shoots the ball at the NBA level. If he can get, if he can find a way to be a volume 38 to 40% three point shooter, um, plus, you know, everything that he does mid range and at the basket and in transition, then, you know, he's a potential superstar. Um, if, if the jump shot doesn't come along, um, then, you know, he's just going to be, you know, uh, uh, you know, an all-star, um, he, he'll be an all-star. He'll still be an all-star. Um, but the, the scoring is what's going to going to, for me, um, differentiate whether he's, you know, an all-star, whether he's like, you know, a Cal Lowry or, you know, whether he's going to be, you know, a superstar, uh, along that Jason kid along those Jason kids lot lines and it's funny that i say jason kid because jason kid became a superstar without not being able to shoot the ball um but you know that's that that that's kind of what it is for me with jalen Suggs. yeah i see the same things with with Suggs. um i've heard the jason kid comparison i can see that i i feel like jason kid was more of a pure point guard uh coming out and had a better you know just a better overall sense of of running a basketball team than Suggs, though I don't, I'm not at all knocking Suggs here. I, I think he has that quarterback quarterback mentality and can see the floor of his special. Uh, I sometimes see Brandon Roy uh, in Jalen Suggs, um, mm-hmm. though I think Roy might have been, be slightly bigger um, a, as a player. And you know, if Roy doesn't have the knee injuries that we're talking, you know, that that really limited his career, I think we'd be talking about him very differently. I, I agree. I, I I personally sat right on the edge with Suggs. I I actually personally le- lean towards Suggs being a a superstar. If you consider Damian Lillard a superstar, then I I would consider like Suggs has that sort of level of where I think he might be able to reach uh, in his career. Um, but I, I certainly think that potential all-star is not a knock on him in tier two, certainly isn't a knock on him as well. And it's where that this um, 
where there's some, you know, good debate here, but we're not knocking a player. Uh, if you're a tier two, you're, you're awesome. Uh, Kaminga is really interesting to me because uh, he starts the season. Oh, there's five guys. Kaminga's one of these guys. That that consensus has completely fallen apart with Kaminga right now. Some teams still have him there. Um, you know, some teams don't. Kaminga did not receive any tier one votes, which I think is interesting when I was talking to NBA teams. And his votes between tier two and three were actually fairly evenly split um, when I was talking to to the, the folks that I was talking to. But he did crack tier two for me. You still seem to be higher on him, Tony, because I I don't th- I, I think it's possible that on draft night, Kaminga is the guy that we that might slides. not see. Yeah, that, that that slides a bit. Might see him at seven, eight, eight. You know, I, hard for me to see the magic, you know, passing on him at eight, just given what we know about the magic and how they draft. But, but possible that he slides a little bit. You're still a believer. Why? I just think he's a prototype. And I think that his upside is is just immense, um, you know. And I think you know, I think he has, you know, I, I think he's been nitpicked too far the other way, um, um, but he's, man, for me, he's got a chance to be special. I mean, he's he's got a, uh, he's got an NBA ready body. Um, he's he projects to me as is an elite defender. Um, I, I, you know, I think he's, uh, I, I think he's got some NBA skill offensively, uh, even if he has to put stuff together. But I, I just think that if he puts it together, I mean, he's he's a prototype. There are two, there are two prototypes in this draft to me, and that's Kaminga and Scotty Barnes. Um, you know, and I, I just think that he's, and when I say prototype. You're talking about the prototype two-way small forward that everybody looks for, right? Like you're talking about that guy, the the Kawhi Leonard type. And I'm not saying that Jonathan Kaminga is going to be Kawhi Leonard, um, but you know, it's the reason why Patrick Williams went number four um, in in last year's draft because everybody's looking for for that guy, and and I think that that Kaminga is that guy, the six eight. A uh, guy that can that can switch through positions uh, seamlessly, uh, that can help you offensively as well. Uh, so that's why I have him in tier two. Let's talk about the guy that you left off, uh, Scotty Barnes, because Scotty Barnes makes makes my personal tier two. He also made the cut uh, for NBA teams with surprisingly, I think maybe for some people, uh, a small number of tier one votes for Scotty Barnes. There are definitely teams out here that have Barnes ahead of Suggs. And and I think actually the majority of them have Barnes ahead of Kaminga right now. Why no uh, Scotty Barnes in tier two for you? Um, He's for me, like I'm just worried about the offense. Um, um, But, you know, he's a guy that to me um, could outplay you know, can now play all of that and get in the tier one. Um, be you know, he's you know, the the upside is is really there. Um the, you know, I think he's gonna be an elite defender. I think he's a prototype, just like I just said. I think I think he's one of two prototypes in this draft. Um, you know, 
here's the thing. To me, if he goes to the Magic, I'm just – I'm really worried about the offense. Um, the Magic drafted Jonathan Isaac, um, you know, and obviously Jonathan Isaac's had a lot of – uh, a lot of durability issues and a lot of unfortunate injury issues, but the offense for him hasn't come along. Um, you know, and, and a lot of this stuff is, you know, it's a, a lot of stuff is on the player to develop, but a lot of this stuff is on the team to develop the player as well. Um, you know, so that, that's, that's the, that's the kind of the difference for me. I'm just worried about the offense with Scotty Barnes. Um, you know, I think that he's a blender offensively. I, I don't know that he's ever going to be a ball in hand guy offensively. Um, but I think he's going to be uh, an elite defender that's going to play 15 years in the NBA. Um, I think he's going to be a high level starter uh, for a long time. Uh, and if he does develop, then guess what? Then he shoots right up to tier one and, and he's a superstar. And that's why, you know, frankly, we're talking about Scotty Barnes is 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 not only a top five pick, but I, you know, I think that there's there's an argument to be made that that Scotty Barnes, you know, kind of sneaks into that top four uh, as well. So, you know, it, it's um, it, it's one of those things where for me, it's it for for me with Barnes and Kaminga, it's you know how how well do these guys develop. Look, I, th I think that's absolutely fair. Those are those are legitimate concerns to have with Scotty Barnes. Uh, I'm I'm really high on Barnes in part because it, to me his floor is that he defends five positions uh, and you know he handles the ball and 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 does enough stuff to be you know like I said a high level starter um, in the league. And that the upside is so tantalizing with him that if that jump shot starts fall, falling and he gets a little bit more aggressive and it is going to require a team playing Scotty Barnes, in my opinion, as a point guard and using him that way for him to max out his potential. But if 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 he does, if he max out that potential, I absolutely could see him in the argument for the best player in this draft. And, and that's why I think he ends up eking into tier two. Look, when we come back, we'll talk about our tiers three and four. I'm with Tony Jones of The Athletic. You're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Lockdown Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? They have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com.
And we are back talking our 221 NBA draft tiers. I just released that column on nbabigboard.com. You can read all my take. I pulled a lot of NBA teams to try to get this into draft tiers. I'm with Tony Jones of The Athletic, longtime partner on this podcast who We've been talking about these guys all year. Now we're going to kind of have to finally figuring out how to slot them. We've gone through tiers one and tiers two. Tony has seven players off the board. I have six. Tony had four in tier one, three in tier two. That's an epic draft. Um, if that's, that's happened, I've got six, three in tier one, three in tier two. We don't have the same guys. And so, Tony, we're going to kick off Tier 3, which, it, which, by the way, when we're talking about Tier 3, we're talking about a high-level starter, a guy that can start for a good basketball team, a playoff-caliber basketball team, and is primarily a starter throughout their career. Let's talk with two guys that actually you moved up into Tier 2, James Booknight out of UConn and Josh Giddy out of Australia. They make my Tier 3, uh, but didn't quite make the Tier 2 why do you have those guys to step higher on your in, in your tier system? For for book night for me, I think he's got a chance to develop into an elite level scorer. And you know, guys that put the ball in, in the basket at the NBA level um, just typically make all star teams. And um, you know, I can see book night, you know, being at, at the top of his career, a 22 to 25 point per game score. Um, you know, it, the, the question is, how does the rest of his game develop? Um, but as long as he's, um, uh, as, as, as long as he's uh, durable, man, you know, just the, the ball skills that he has, um, you know, he's, he, he, he's, a really, he's a, he's a good shooter. Um, and he has star potential for me. Like the athleticism just jumps off, jumps off the film. Um, like he's just a, a great athlete. He's a little slight. I think he needs to get stronger. Um, but you know, I, I think he's got a chance to be one of those prototypical scorers. Um, uh, in the NBA that makes like three or four all-star games in his career. Um, for me with Josh Giddy, um, I'm in love with the passing and the pick and roll, uh, the pick and roll acumen, uh, and, the, and, and his, his size for his position. Um, you know, those, those guys, the, the guys that have, um, his size and his ability to, to make plays, um, it's, it's unique, um, you know, he, I, I don't I don't know how how that pick for me, uh, I admit, is 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 something is is a pick that could kind of go wrong for me. Like to me, he can end up being a tier two, but he can also end up being a tier four. Um, but, you know, he's he he's he's got some strengths um, in, in his game that that are pretty unique uh, for the NBA. Both those guys make my tier three. Uh, Book Knight, to me, is the guy that's closest in that tier three of actually breaking into tier two if that jump shot comes along. To me, 
if he's going to be a 29% three-point shooter or 30% three-point shooter in the NBA, even tier three may may be difficult for him to achieve, no matter how good a score he is. But if he can boost that number up into the you know mid 30s, then you know tier three for sure. If he's getting it up into the 38 to 40 percentile, we talked about the same thing uh, with Jalen Suggs. Then all of a sudden, to me, he's got a chance to make ultimate uh, a number of All Star teams. And it is interesting that he seems to be one of the guys now that is rising in the draft. There's talk about Oklahoma City taking him at six, uh, talk about the Warriors taking him at seven, uh, the Magic taking him at eight. Uh, despite the fact that his stocks seem to wobble a little bit after the injury, he seems to have really cemented himself back sort of at the top of this draft after those first six guys are off the board. So Tony, who else... Uh, those are two tier three guys for me. We haven't talked about your tier three guys. Who is in your tier three? So I I like so I'm gonna start with Chris Dorte. Um, um I like Keon Johnson in my tier three. I like Davion Mitchell in my tier three. Um uh and I also um I like Moses Moody in my tier three, and I like Sengun. How do I pronounce his name? Sengun. Sengun. I like Sengun in my tier three. Well, let's let's read the headline off this at first, which is two guys that you were a higher on earlier in the year: Franz Wagner out of Michigan and uh, Jalen Johnson. Do not make Tony's tier three. They uh, did not Va- make my tier three. <laughs> Wagner, I'm Wagner. I'm surprised because you were high on him right in, into the tournament um, a, as well, and so that's uh, that's a surprise. So let's talk about let's talk about Keon Johnson. Let's start with Keon Johnson because this is a guy that you're off the, also hearing right now that his stock is a little bit in flux uh, with teams. I, I know he struggled a bit in some workouts. Uh, just you know, talking to some teams, which doesn't surprise me, you know, he's going to be a lockdown defender, but if you're asking him to shoot the basketball and do some offensive skill stuff, probably not the best environment for him. He's probably better in a, in a, you know, a five on five or, you know, a two on two sort of setting. Keon Johnson, you've got him in tier three. How confident are you in his future? It's all going to be what the offense, the, you know, it's, the the off I see, I think he's got a chance to be the best athlete in this draft. I think he has a chance to be one of the best defenders in this draft. Um his 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 level as an NBA player um is is really going to hinge on what he becomes offensively. If he can find a jump shot, if he can find the ball skills to do some secondary creating on the wing, then the the reward for picking him wherever you pick him is going to be immense. But if he can't, um, then he might not even be a tier four guy. Um, you know, so he's, he's another guy who the pendulum swings pretty wildly. And I think it's, it's going to matter who drafts him and, and I think it's going to matter um, what franchise that he goes to uh, in terms of in terms of his development. 
I, I'm, I'm with you on that. He's a, he's a hard one for me to totally get my arms around about where uh, he should go. I think he was for teams as well. He does make my tier three, though he had a, a number of tier four votes um, as well. Let's go to Davian Mitchell, who also makes my tier three. Let's talk about older prospects for a minute. You have him and Chris Duarte. Uh, Davian Mitchell will turn 23 just shortly after the draft. Uh, Chris Duarte is already 24 years old. I wrote about this yesterday in my draft buzz column about, you know, traditionally teams shying away from prospects 22 years of age or older as potential lottery picks. Duarte is now getting lottery buzz. Uh, as high as 13 and 14 in this draft, and Mitchell obviously getting looks as high as seven uh, to Golden State. This doesn't concern you. The age doesn't concern you. You have Duarte and Mitchell in your tier three. Mitchell does make my tier three unanimously, uh, you know, from NBA votes. Uh, Duarte did not. Uh, does that does that age thing concern you? Because I feel like that's been like one of the tried and true analytics metrics that actually has sort of played itself out to be to be true in the past is that you just don't take players that age at this point in the draft, but we've got two of them, uh, you know, as potential lottery picks right now. Chris Duarte might be a, a tier three in his rookie year. <laughs> um, now, he might not ever develop anything beyond that because he's 24 years old. Um, but, I mean, he's, he's, as, he's, he's the very definition of plug and play. Right. Like he's going to um, he can shoot the ball at a high level. He can run, pick and roll for you. Um, He's six for six. He can play two, at least two positions for you, which is the two or three. He for me, he might even be able to play some some point guard uh, in in some sets. Um, um, I think he's got to go to a pick and roll system because, you know, he's not going he's he's not going to go to. Uh, an ISO system and, and, and create his own shot. He's not going to do that stuff. But if he goes to a pick and roll system, I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's just, he's a, he's very Dylan Brooks-ish, uh, which, you know, is, is, is kind of funny because, you know, he, he, uh, he comes from Oregon and he might get drafted by Memphis. So, um, you know, he's, he's just a guy, that you can plug in right now. And he's at very, very worst. He's at very worst, uh, a high level uh, rotation guy. And I, I just think that he's going to be within the first three years, um, within the first three years of his career. Now he's going to be 27 in the first three years of his career. Um, he's, he's going to be a guy who can start for you uh, on, on a team that can play at a championship level. Just to, just to go over the history of this, in the last decade, only players 22 or older on draft night to go in the lottery are Jimmer Fredette, Kelly Olenek, Doug McDermott, Willie Cauley-Stein, Torian Prince, Denzel Valentine, Frank Kaminsky, Chris Dunn, Buddy Heald, Cameron Johnson, Obi Toppin. None of those guys end up with Tier 3 Careers, maybe top and will. It's 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 too early to say. Uh, Cam but, Johnson, but, not not really. Not I I, I don't know. Yet. High high level starter. He seems like a more of a tier four guy to me. 
I think that Cam Johnson is a high level starter right now. He's just playing behind Mikael Bridges, who's like the best three and D guy in the league. All right. So, so Tony picks out, Cherry picks out of all those guys, one guy and says, okay, it's there. That that's just, you know, I'm just, just trying I'm, to be I'm real. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cherry pick. You know what? I'm going to just, no, no cherry picking for me. Uh, uh, and 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 he he cherry picked the guy that's actually not even starting though. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fair, fair, fair enough. You know, given the situation that he's playing on a, a team that was just in the NBA Finals, um, right there. Of that group, only Buddy Heald, who we didn't actually know at the time. We found out like a year later that Buddy Heald was actually a year older than he actually was. And Johnson were older than Mitchell when drafted, and none of them were older than Chris Duarte. And and so the the odds are not in your favor there of them turning into tier, you know, three high level starters. Now you can point to older prospects in the draft and say, okay, they you know, because I would put Dylan Brooks, for example, in the in tier three right now. Uh, but the risk was so much less because the Grizzlies took him in the second round um, there as well. But you know, interesting. Lots of debate among NBA teams right now uh, about him. We didn't even talk about Corey Kispert, who didn't didn't make your uh, tier three. Let's talk about Alperin and Singun. I, I have, I've had the hardest time getting my arms around him. I was off him for much of the year. I, I just became harder and harder to deny what he's doing in Turkey. I'm starting to talk myself into Singun right now uh, as, as a guy that, you know, given the production in Turkey is going to, he's going to be fine. He's going to make it. Maybe, you know, he doesn't fit aesthetically with the way that the league plays right now, but it, it'll all work out. You put him in tier three. He makes the tier three cut uh, for me uh, as well, though he did get some tier four votes as well. Uh, what's your latest thinking on Singun? So my thinking on Singun is it matters who drafts him. Um, because what he does well, uh, he is a really, really, he's really good on that block, but he's he's got a post-up, he's got a post-up type game that's, you know, I mean, the NBA is is really, you know, pick and dive or pick and pop. And and Sengun's um, strength is, you know, getting the ball that backs to the basket, going to work down on the block. And that's just not that's not the NBA at this point. So he needs somebody that's going to draft him that actually has a need for 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 that skill set. Um, so. I admit that my tier three ranking on him is, is tenuous. Um, but he was just so dominant this year in Turkey. Like it was, it was, it was ridiculous. Like he can clearly, you know, put the ball in the basket. Um, he can clearly do a, a, a lot of things offensively. Uh, and, and even if, you know, the strength of his game doesn't, um, doesn't translate as well to the NBA as it would have 10 years ago, like 10 years ago or 20 years ago, we would have been talking about him as a top three pick. And, um, you know, but, you know, right now, you know, he's, you know, back level back, back of the lottery at, at, at probably at best. Um, but he's, he's a guy that I think uh, he's, he's got a mature game. He's got some strength. Um, you know, he's, he's clearly dominated basketball at a high level, um, you know, internationally. 
Um, so, you know, he, he's a guy that, that, that I think could come in and, and, and play at a high level in, in the NBA. All right, for the record, my tier three, based off talking to NBA teams, was Book Knight, Josh Giddy, Keon Johnson, Davian Mitchell, Apronin Sengun, and Franz Wagner. Wagner did not make uh, Tony's tier three. Uh, Chris Duarte did make uh, uh, Tony's tier three, as well as Moses Moody. When we come back, we'll jump into tier four. These are potential starters slash rotation players, sixth, seventh men, uh, off off the bench, heavy heavy rotation players. When we return, you're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. There's coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. My favorite's coconut. It tastes like a Mounds Bar. If you like Almond Joy, then try a coconut almond. I also like that salted caramel as well. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you can get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, only four grams of net carbs. Order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or coconut or whatever you like. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And we are back. I'm with Tony Jones of The Athletic. We're talking draft tiers, ranking prospects, not just one through 80, but in tiers based off their potential. We've talked about tier one, which is potential superstar, tier two, potential all-star. We just finished tier three, which is high-level starter. We're going to talk about now tier four, potential starter rotation players right now. And Tony... Let's uh, hear your tier four at the moment. So my tier four um, at the moment, uh, Franz Wagner, obviously. Well, you thought it was obviously that should be tier three. Um, So Franz Wagner, um, Corey Kispert, um, uh, Kai Jones. Uh, I also... um, I also like Jalen Johnson. Uh, I also like Trey Murphy. Uh, I also like Usman Garuba. Uh, a whole bunch of people in my tier four. Uh, I also like Zaire Williams. And uh, I also like Cam Thomas and I also like Bones Highland. All right. Uh, not unusual, by the way. My My tier four is big as well. This is typically you know, where you'll start to see more players sort of grading grading out right now. Uh, Tony's and mine have some similarities, a, a few differences, a few guys that I have lower or higher. Tony, of that group, looking at your tier four, who's your favorite prospect in that, in that tier four category, uh, in your opinion? It's actually Trey Murphy. Um, 
you know, he comes, he comes out of Virginia. Uh, he's one of those guys that, you know, it, it, I think he needs a lot of, I think he needs some more strength. Um, but he's, you know, he's, he's a run and jump athlete. Uh, I think he's going to be a good defender. I think he's going to be able to knock down shots. Uh, I think he's got some, 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 some upside, um, you know, you're not going to be able to put the ball in his hands and, 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 and do a lot of things, but he's, he's, he's a guy that's not going to try to do too much outside of his skill set. And like, you're just, I just think that you're going to see Trey Murphy within three or four years, making some big plays uh, on a playoff team and, and, and making big shots and making big defensive plays. Um, you know, you, he, we just talked about Cam Johnson to me. He's, you know, he's a little bit like Cam Johnson. Trey Murphy does not make my tier four, though he does get some uh, tier four votes. Uh, interesting perspective here, a lot higher on uh, on these guys as you get closer to the draft. Let's talk. I want to talk about a guy, and, and Tony, I, wa- I want you to kind of talk me off the cliff here, uh, maybe. I'm starting to fall in love with Zaire Williams again. Uh, and, and, and it's certainly not watching Stanford tape. I, I think that watching the Stanford stuff really turned me off the Zaire and I, I understood why why he slid but I started going back and watching him in high school and then I'm looking at his his athletic testing his measurement measurement numbers he's 610 uh, he he tested as one of the the most athletic guys in this draft you look at the skill set in high school his ability to handle the ball his feel for the game his ability to pull up he, he looks like he could potentially be a high level shooter. And then I start to tell myself, you know, maybe maybe Stanford wasn't the right place for him. Think about all the stuff that happened with COVID, that Stanford was playing on the road all year. Um, he had a death in his family. Uh, you know, was this the case where there's a prototypical NBA wing that everybody covets in the league right in front of our face? And because he struggled at at Stanford and and look, frankly, he you know, it wasn't like Trey Murphy had, you know, a better freshman season than Zaire Williams did. Uh, and, and, you know, some of these older prospects, Corey Kispert didn't have a better freshman year than, you know, Zion, Zaire Williams did or what have you, that maybe maybe we're sleeping on this guy that was ranked by teams at, you know, six, seven, eight, you know, before the season began. And and I'm I'm starting to wonder man, should the magic be thinking about him at eight? Uh, you know, should, should some of these teams just really swing for the fences now, ignore his Stanford resume, focus on what he did in high school and say like, this is all going to work out at the end. What say you? So normally I wouldn't, I don't think I would give, you know, like I'm not giving Jalen Johnson a pass for, for his year at Duke. Um, but, Zaire Williams, I, I think, deserve not a full pass, but I, I think his his season at, at Stanford deserves some context. First of all, I, I do agree with you. That might have not have been the best place for him in terms of 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 you know maximizing him basketball wise. And then the you know, Stanford's basically on the road all year. 
Um, and then, you know, obviously the COVID stuff and, you know, just, he just had a lot going on with him. Um, he was playing with that bulky I, knee brace at the start of the season, which right, I think sort of impacted his athleticism. Wasn't fully healthy. Um, but, you know, the, the thing with Jair Williams is that you look at and you say, okay, you got to look at the ball skills. Like he's got ball skills. Um, he can put the ball on the floor. He can make plays off the dribble. He can, he's a good passer. Uh, he can make shots. The thing that you also have to look at, you got to look at the strength. He's got to gain 20 pounds. He's got to, you know, he's got to put the time in the weight room. Um, you know, and he's, he's a guy for me that, you know, he can, he can be Derek McKee. Like he can be a guy that, um, he can be a guy that explodes or he can be a guy that's just going to be a seven for eighth man uh, for 10, 10, 15 years. And, you know, he's going to play 10, 15 years in the league because, you know, 16 guys who can play the two and the three just don't come along. Um, but, you know, he's so just in terms of that, I mean, he's definitely worth the first round pick, um, you know, so but he's got to, you know, if he's he's going to be more than that, if he's you know, going to be a high level starter, if he's going to, you know, uh, max out into an all-star, um, you know, he's, he's got to develop. And, and to me, uh, he's kind of lost one year of his development, uh, from a basketball sense. And that, that really matters to me. Thank you, Tony. I don't know that you completely talked me off that ledge, but, uh, it's, it's great to provide some perspective. You know, every year there's this like one guy that, you know, I warm up to as it gets closer to the draft. And I just, if he pops and, and, you know, Stanford was an aberration and he's fully healthy and that shot starts falling and he puts on some strength, there's no reason in my mind that he can't be one of the top seven or eight players in this draft. And, and that's, and, and so, you know, which team has the guts you know, like John Hammond had the guts to take Giannis Antetokounmpo at, you know, 15, you know, projecting what he could become and, and not worrying so much about what was in the moment. Uh, you know, he's he's that guy that's probably going to be like the most intriguing upside of players that are on the board. And I just don't know what to do with him. For the record, he ended up in tier four. Uh, in, in talking to NBA folks, but he got, he got, uh, you know, some tier five votes uh, as well. And so, you know, that's, you know, that's where he's at right now, by the way, he got some tier three votes as well. I want to talk about uh, one guy you mentioned and one guy you didn't uh, two guys that I've been uh, hearing some interesting stuff on lately. Let's talk about Cameron Thomas out of LSU uh, gets a dra- gets an invite to the green room. I think that surprised me and a lot of people, I start doing some digging afterwards because usually when you get an invite to the green room, it's a fairly good indication that most teams in the league see you as a top 20 pick. They don't really like the NBA doesn't like the drama of a kid sitting around at pick 25, 26 into the first round, not hearing his name drafted. Uh, it might be make great for great TV, but that's not what the NBA is actually trying, trying to achieve here. And so they got significant feedback from teams that he's a top 20 pick. He's the you can make an argument. He's the best right now scorer in this draft. I, he, he, and he's been at every level, but I also heard from teams. He measured in about six, three and a half in shoes with about a six, five and a half 
wingspan. We know he's not an elite level athlete. He's not a jump out of the gym, you know, type of athlete. And we also know that he's a bit of a black hole. Uh, He doesn't pass. Um, He's looking to score. How does he fit in the, in the NBA? What coach gives Cam Thomas minutes and then lets him play the way that Cam Thomas is want to play? So the best use of Cam Thomas is, and, and I honestly just do not think that this is ever going to change throughout his career. I think he's got a chance to be a high-level six-man. You know, uh, a Jamal Crawford type, uh, a Jordan uh, a Jordan Clarkson type. Um, you know, so I, I think the team that, that drafts him, that puts him uh, – that doesn't try to miscast him as a starter or anything else, because that's the thing with Thomas. Like he's going, like when he gets the ball is tunnel vision. Like he's trying to go and get buckets and he can get buckets. And I think he's going to be able to get buckets for a long time in the NBA level, but he's, you know, I don't think he's going to develop into, to, to, into more than that as a prototype, but a high level six man for me, you know, that's that's a tier that's worthy of a tier four because that's like a high level role player, uh, a high level rotation guy who can occasionally be a starter. Um, you know, not, I think that if he just kind of leans into that and he's obviously going to lean into being he's obviously going to be lean into being a volume shooter. Um, but if a team, you know, recognizes that early in his career, he's going to have a really good career. You know, just coming off the bench, scoring, you know, 15 points a night. And there's nothing wrong with that. He's going to get paid a lot of money. He's going to be in the league for a lot of years. Um, the, 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 what's going to get him or whatever team that drafts him into trouble is if, you know, they take him and they say, okay, he can be, you know, our starting shooting guard or he, you know, he, he's a guy that we can rely on for, for 35 to 40 minutes a night. And I, I don't think he's going to be that, but I think he's going to be a really good 25 minute a night uh, guy who can come in and, and, and create offense. Biggest surprise for me of a guy that was voted in to tier four. I was like, wait, wait, what? Uh, from a majority of people, Dayron Sharp, freshman big man out in North Carolina. Uh, and when I, when I pushed to try to get some info into what's going on here, he's lost about 15 pounds, uh, came in, has been crushing it in workouts, shooting the basketball. I, I think we know that, you know, he's, he's big, he's a good rebounder. He's a high level passer actually for a big man. He can really pass the basketball. Uh, teams were shocked in what he was doing, shooting the basketball. He took a total of two, three pointers at North Carolina, uh, when when he was there, so he what you know it wasn't something that he was doing there, and and people getting excited about Dayron Sharp as being you know a guy that's going to be a first rounder and maybe you know even in the late teens. What do you think about Dayron Sharp? So you know um, the people I've talked to around the league say that he has come in the workouts and basically shot the cover off the basketball. Um, which is which is crazy because like he didn't shoot the ball at all in North Carolina, so uh, we already know that he's um, or, or a high a high level 
uh, rebounder with a, with a really good motor, 6'11", 260. Um, and, but the, you know, the fact that he's gone in the workouts and shot the ball so well, um, that's caused his, his, his stock to really spike. Um, and I think that he's a guy that, that has some toughness. Um, I think he's a guy that's really competitive. Um, you know, and, and, and you know, and this, it's going to be interesting to see how his, his, um, how his, his skill set uh, translates to the league. Um, but, you know, the, everybody that I've talked to said that Dayron Sharp has been one of the best workout guys uh, in the draft. And, and that's why, that's why his stock is, his has really uh, uh, gone to another level uh, in the last few weeks. Yeah. I, I think he's definitely one to watch. All right. Last question, Tony, we're going to dive into t- tier five for a minute uh, and I'm going to assume these guys are in tier five because you didn't mention them uh, in tier four. You follow these players all the way from high school through college, whatever. I'm going to give you four college freshmen that were all highly ranked, highly regarded, didn't do much. Their their freshman seasons all could be marked as disappointments, but all still have potential upside. And I want you to tell me which of these guys you believe in. Uh, the most that they'll end up actually having a good NBA career. I'm going to give you Brandon Boston out of Kentucky, Greg Brown out of Texas, Josh Christopher out of Arizona state and JT Thor out of Auburn. Who of those four, in your opinion, ends up having the best NBA career or do any of them have a good NBA career? I'm going to go JT Thor. Um, because, um, because he's the guy, he's the guy out of this group that I feel best about defensively. Um, uh, I feel really good about him athletically as well. I think he's got some secondary creation ball skills. Uh, the question with JT Thor is, is you know how well does he shoot it? And I think the question with JT Thor is, can he, you know, can he, is, is he definitely a four or is he actually a, a five? Um, but I think that he's, I, I feel best about him defensively. Um, I feel really good about him athletically as well. Um, I'm really worried about Greg Brown. Um, I love, obviously the athleticism is, 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 um, is tantalizing and, and obviously it jumps off the page. Um, but Man, um, he he just doesn't play hard enough for me from for possession to possession, and that scares that really scares me on a high level. Um, I actually think BJ Boston can be um, really good. I just think that he has a lot of um, physically physical maturing to do, and he's got a lot of growth uh, that needs to happen. Um, you know, uh, Josh Christopher, I think he's got some maturing to do, but I think he has a good skill set as well. Um, I actually, you know, I actually like Josh Christopher a little bit more uh, as well because, you know, I uh, his brother, Patrick Christopher, played for the Jazz. Um, he's got a really good family uh, and a good su- support s- system around him as well. 
Um, so I, I, I think that Josh Christopher is eventually going to mature um, and, and, you know, be able to, to play or, or maximize um, what his gifts are. The question is, you know, he's, he's a little bit like Cameron Thomas, right? Like he's, you know, is, is he going to, to round out his game and, and do more than, than be, you know, a guy who comes in and, and, and is just a volume shooter. Interesting takes on that. Brandon Boston actually getting getting some praise from NBA teams and workouts right now. Uh, I had one uh, NBA guy comment to me, where was this kid all year at Kentucky just based off the aggressiveness, the way he shot the basketball, the way he was playing. Uh, it sounds like he's put in the work uh, since the season began. Uh, you know, Confidence was an issue for him. Uh, but again, Brandon Boston, the guy that we had ranked in our top, you know, top I think he was ranked at eleven on a big board 1.0 greg brown i've been a big fan all year i've just been like be patient be patient i think teams have kind of run out of patience with him uh and you know he's he's obviously a great athlete he obviously can shoot the basketball i i still see uh a uh you know a jeremy grant type role for him in the nba i mean that's a max max out his his talent but it's there Josh Christopher, I, I'm actually personally higher on him than I am on Cam Thomas because I think the same scoring skills are there, but a better athlete, better body, plays better defense. I actually think brings a few more things to the table. While well, maybe not quite as elite as a, of a scorer as Cam Thomas is. Uh, JT Thor, I don't know what to do with him. I, I think your arguments, you know, sound about why someone takes JT Thor. I would have liked to see him back uh, next year uh, in. Uh, at Auburn, but I definitely, I definitely think that he probably of that group has the best shot. Interestingly enough, of going in the first round. Well, we've been going at this an hour. We didn't get through all of our draft tiers, but you can go over to nbabigboard.com and see my full tier four, my full tier five, my full tier six, which is the tier of. So you're saying I got a chance, and uh, so much other great stuff coming our way, including my own personal mock draft of what I would do uh, with all the coming picks as well as Monday dropping a new mock draft with all the latest intel. You can read the draft buzz about which guys are helping themselves uh, at right now. Uh, all of that over at nbabigboard.com as well as great guest coming up on Friday on our podcast, Mark Stein, who just left the New York Times and is now running his own Substack. We're going to go through the league and go through all the trade scenarios that are out there um, right now. Lots of teams thinking about trading right now, a lot of it impacting the draft. So come back on Friday to the podcast and listen uh, to Mark Stein and I and I go at it as we talk about uh, trade draft rumors. And finally, listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey featuring analysis from myself, NBA experts like Brian Scalabrini, former Suns GM Ryan McDonough, our Locked On NBA local experts make the selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week's special event. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your pod- podcast. Odyssey is your audio home for all your sports, podcast, music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. He's Tony Jones of The Athletic. Tony, you want to come back next week and let's talk Draft maybe like day before the draft. Sound good? Yes, that absolutely sounds good. All right, listeners, we're going to get another Tony Jones. And Tony, you know, we did draft grades last year. You want to come back on the pod and do some draft grades with me as well? Absolutely. Anytime you want me on the pod, Chad. 
All right, listeners, I know you love Tony Jones. Tony Jones is going to be featured big on the pod next week as well. We'll we'll check in right before the draft on what, what the latest we're hearing and any sort of final thoughts on the draft as well as draft grades after the draft. So much great stuff coming on the podcast. So much great stuff coming over on NBABigBoard.com. You're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. Aloha. Aloha. 